This is former TNA World Champion Raven, and you're listening to TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Quote the Raven, nevermore. And don't cross the line. Or do cross the line. I'm not really sure if you're supposed to, you're not supposed to. I don't know. Eh, whatever. You get it. TNA Wrestling. Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 165 of the TNA Crossline Podcast. I am Bob Pelling Jr. And with me as always is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, we are only three weeks away from not one, but two Six Sides of Steel matches. Of course, the first one being a six-man tag, where it's allegedly going to be Kevin Nash, DDP, and Sean Waltman against Jeff Jarrett, Monty Brown, and The Outlaw. But Kevin Nash was recently attacked backstage, and as you noted, he doesn't know if it's worth coming to TNA for a $5,000 paycheck after driving 80 miles. So he's in question. He may not be there. Who knows? But then we also know about AJ Styles defending two women in the back of a pickup truck from Abyss, and that has justified a cage match between the two. Also taking place at lockdown. And of course, last week, we found out before the match even took place that Elix Skipper would be challenging his former tag team partner, former tag team champion partner, and current X Division champion Christopher Daniels at lockdown. Now, that's not in a cage because there's only two. There's only two. Not all of them, just two. Just two matches. That's it. That's there all. is no other matches. None. Now, we also, again, saw... Uh, last week, after Abyss's match, there was a confrontation between Abyss and Raven teaming up, and they brawled with AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy when Abyss was about to hurt Cassie Riley even some more. So that's probably going to be something to keep track of potentially here. And of course, we had a Monty Brown sit down interview where he was like, Listen, everybody's going to respect me, including you, Mike Tenay. We didn't really get any answers about why he did what he did. No, and he didn't even answer what what Jeff Jarrett owes him, even though I think it's pretty fucking clear. Yeah, I mean, didn't Jarrett basically tell him, like, you know what you're getting, <clears throat> I owe you a title match or something. Yeah, yeah, it was very clear, um, even though he was asked again. And, like, what else could Jarrett possibly owe him? It's fucking, of course, is a title shot. Yeah, it was a very interesting week last week, but as we noted, it was the last of a three-week taping, and on today's episode, we are starting the next set of three tapings, uh, which we'll see how it goes. Um, usually the first one, I think, is probably going to be the best out of the three. I feel like that's usually how it goes, um, but we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, we pretty much said what happened last week. I don't really think there's much else to cover. The only other interesting note is that he's Michael Shannon again. Not Matt Bentley, yeah. Um, which we'll we'll discuss very briefly during today's episode uh, while we're watching the show. Uh, but Dave says uh, they must be ignoring the legal threat um, 
at least in his little brief thing about last week's episode. He was also told that the X Division match was good, which it was. Um, but the crowd was chanting uh, Ale House, which is the post-show hangout for a lot of the wrestlers. I did not catch on to that, but we were also talking a lot um, during that specific match. But I think that's pretty funny. And they also could have edited that out or at least toned it down. Right. So, yeah, uh, I'm pretty curious about the stuff uh, with uh, Styles and Hardy against like Raven and Abyss. Do I think that we're going to have a long-term thing? No, but I think it was fun. little tease at the end. Yeah, I think that we're gonna, there's definitely a TV match being set up. I hope so. They better not disappoint me. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I guess we can just dive right into it. Not a super ton to talk about again. Uh, there's more than last week, but um, in coming weeks, we'll have a little bit more. Since they do these tapings three at a time at this point in time, a lot of the stuff ends up being more related to the coming shows that we'll be watching uh, the next two weeks in particular. But we still got some fun stuff to talk about. So I guess let's dive right in. And I have a handful, maybe three, four things to discuss, five things during this show. So we'll talk about those once we get there. But um, to start us off here, TNA drew a .23 rating on the March 25th. And on the replay on March 26th, it did a .28. So pretty average stuff as normal here. Now, the interesting stuff that I think we're really wanting to talk about more is the meeting that Jeff Jarrett and potentially Jerry Jarrett had with FSN and the Spike TV deal and stuff like that. So let's get right into it because this is our current meat on the bone, I think, in our news uh, section. So TNA officials, which is Jeff, uh, Jerry Jarrett, Dixie Carter and David Sahadi had a meeting on March 28th at Spike in New York. Uh, Doug Herzog, uh, who had Spike, was not at the meeting, but they met with mid-level Spike TV executive about getting on the network. Jeff and Jerry did much of the talking, with Jeff pushing that wrestling historically delivers good ratings and Jerry talking about the economics Sahadi tried to position TNA as the future of wrestling and that the WWE is, was the past. Uh, which is kind of funny at the time because I feel like they're kind of killing it here in 2005 again. But what do I know? Maybe my, maybe my nostalgia is speaking there. But yeah. um, Those at Spike say there isn't any real interest and the discussions didn't necessarily center around anything from Monday night. Uh, the feeling from Spike is that even that even if TNA could do a 1.5 primetime rating, that there's no evidence based on their track record on FSN that they could do even close to that. Uh, Spike would be better off running MacGyver uh, repeats that can draw the same rating, cost nothing, and bring in far more advertising dollars. What kills wrestling isn't that people aren't willing to watch it on TV, but the attitude toward wrestling from the ad community. Spike did call back on March 29th and asked for a tape of some full shows, which TNA people saw as a positive. The TNA people believe Spike still wants wrestling, even though they publicly say otherwise. Uh, but then again, in a meeting, that is what they're going to say. Uh, TNA has tried to work some sort of deal with UFC, but claim UFC has been completely arrogant about their success in total denial and in total denial. Uh, even with the facts stating otherwise, that they draw wrestling fans as opposed to boxing fans. It's a pretty interesting um, 
connection. Uh, Jeff Jarrett's meeting with FSN the week before saw him try to get the deal changed to where FSN would pay them instead of the other way around, citing that their ratings, citing their rating success uh, there on the network. Now, as for FSN, the numbers are strong. Uh, FSN made it clear that the deal wasn't going to change, and they are recognizing TNA very well may go somewhere else if someone offers them a deal for less money to pay. FSN has offered more slots for replace and occasional specials if TNA continues the same financial deal. Jeff ended the meeting telling them that he was talking with a few other networks. Now we can confirm there is at least a third party besides FSN and Spike they're talking with, but it would also be the weakest of the three alternatives. And we get back to them this week with his decision. TNA got the meeting because Dixie Carter has a friend in Spike management. Uh, TNA has offered all three networks they're negotiating with a partnership in the promotion as an added bargaining chip. So this is very interesting stuff. I like loving this. Um, I love the bargaining between different networks and stuff like that, especially because, as it's even noted, they're, I mean, they're doing good numbers for FSN, but it's not, like, crazy. No, yeah. So it's kind of fun to see them kind of go around. Now, I did not know Dixie Carter had a friend um, in at Spike. And I think, as we all know in, in real life, if you know you know people, things can work out pretty good for you. Yeah, now, early on in that, they were saying that UFC attracts wrestling fans more so than boxing fans, or what was that? Yeah, so basically that's that's noting that TNA is trying to work on some kind of deal with the UFC. I don't know what that deal necessarily is, but saying, well, you guys draw more wrestling fans um versus like boxing fans and I, I think that's true too because if you really look at i think it's so interesting i never even thought about it like that <clears throat> if you look at how ufc is presented with like video packages and these guys are creating essentially like dude it is characters or egos of themselves yeah like rampage jackson and like how like tito ortiz being the i can't remember his nickname off the top of my head but he had one as well you know and ken shamrock obviously a ufc wrestler back to ufc whatever um it's presented like a wrestling you would see a wrestling show presented yeah 100 percent. you know boxing isn't like that boxing is very just kind of cut and dry you know they go to the ring they box for 12 rounds or whatever but ufc is more of an entertainment yes 100 like show it's only evolved even more into that oh yeah yeah and i think that's what makes it so like entertaining is that there's a lot of dis- different personalities that's yeah. really what I like UFC fighters are. They're more so like personalities and fighters. Like Conor McGregor. Yeah, he's exactly. a UFC fighter, but he's definitely like a personality too. Yeah, but yeah, because you also want to see what stupid shit he's going to say and like who, yeah. who is he going to talk trash to and all that kind of stuff. Right. They're cutting promos after the fights. Yeah. At least and that's now. Exactly at least now. Calling people out, you know. Yeah, dude. All that stuff. So. I just watched like the video <laughs> where um, – Oh, you got to help me here. But Brock Lesnar got like called into the octagon when he was in the crowd. Is it Daniel Cormier? Is that who? No, it was, it was probably John John Jones. No, I don't think it was John Jones one I just watched. I don't know. It's the one where um, Brock Lesnar gets in and he's in the suit and he's like, "I'm gonna beat your ass, motherfucker," or something like that. And I was just dying. 
Oh, okay, yeah. So that wouldn't have been John Jones. <clears throat> no, this is like rumors. Brock was Brock was in the crowd, and the oh, guy he was like, there. Called, oh, okay. And he like called them in, and like Brock got up and into the. And it was so funny. Did he fight Daniel Cormier? I hope I don't got the names mixed up. I'm not a big UFC fan, so. Oh no! It's, hold on! Hold on! Oh no! There's like Al- Alistair Overeem. Yeah, it is. No, it's right. I was right. It is it's, Daniel Cormier. Yeah, it's it. Wait, hold on. I can't see my camera. It's this. That's the video I'm talking about where he like called oh. them. Yeah. And he starts like screaming at the camera. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I just watched it. Uh, what, what was the rumor that you said you were, you heard? Well, I've I've heard that he wants um. He didn't. He didn't actually fight him though. That's weird. Uh, there might be a, a potential John Jones Brock Lesnar fight. Oh shit. Sure. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm. Sur- I wonder when that Cormier thing was because he never. Yeah, I don't think he ever fought him. You say it, and they just closed it. Daniel. Yeah, no, he didn't. He never fought him. Uh, it happened at. UFC 226. Oh, so that happened well after his final fight. It was Lesnar, four, four years ago. Yeah, so Lesnar's last fight was on. It was at UFC 200. Oh, okay. I just like the part where... Wait, here. I just like when he yells at the end. The uncensored one's way better. I'm coming for you, motherfucker. Yeah, I love that shit. Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, yeah, super interesting that connection though. I like it. And who knows? Maybe Brock Lesnar's gonna kick some more ass in the octagon. Who knows? We'll never know. Maybe we'll see him here in TNA in 2005 or 2006. Okay. Well, okay. Lesnar is only 45, so I mean, he probably does have at least a couple of fights in if you want it. Wait, he's 45 right now. Lesnar is, yeah. What the fuck? That's, like, insane to me. I feel like I've been watching him my whole life, so that's, like, crazy. Well, I guess Lesnar confirmed in March 2022 that he would stay retired from MMA. So. Yeah, well, we know how retirement in sports go. That's, yeah. Sports, wrestling, anything. You fucking name it. You know, speaking of wrestling, this is a bit off topic, but I was, uh, you know, I, I go on cage match all the time. And I'll look up shows, whatever. Right. And there was, you know, Silas Young, right? Ring of Honor guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he works, you know, he wrestled for AAW. Like, of, that was his home company. And he's had some, like, crazy matches there or whatever. And one of the shows was labeled, like, um, Farewell to Silas Young. And I don't know what it was about. I need to probably watch it to get full context. Something, you know, I'm figuring, like, it's a retirement thing. Well, like, the next month he's back. So it's like, where did he go? And same thing like Flipboard and Matt Taven for Northeast Wrestling. It's like, oh, I'll never see you again. You're going to Ring of Honor. And then six months later, it's like Flip Gordon returns to fight Rey Mysterio. <laughs> I was just going to say, was it like they didn't know if, with their Ring of Honor deals that they would be able to? I don't, they... I don't think that match was around the Ring of Honor tenure. Oh, that's weird. So it, it might have been. Was he supposed to get like a developmental deal or something? I don't know. I didn't I didn't look that yeah, far okay. into it. Well, that's interesting, though. Yeah. But, you know, Silas Young is a guy that 
I haven't really watched a lot of his Ring of Honor stuff, but seeing him in AAW, where he's like the top, he's like a top guy. He's wrestling like Claudio and Tyler Black all the time, and all these guys. And it's like, wow, this guy's fucking good. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, and it's just like I need to maybe see more of his stuff. So, which is interesting because I like him, and I haven't seen the probably the better stuff that you're talking about. So, yeah. I mean, I, I I have to I have to I I recently purchased uh, every AAW event from their beginning until right before the pandemic. Oh, wild uh, wild man, you are. Along with AIW out of Ohio, every show. Well, I get that mixed up, dude. Every time you say AAW, I think of AIW. Yeah. So I have plenty of wrestling stuff that I need to. Not you. No, not me. That's nuts. no no way. <laughs> um. Well, speaking of other nuts things, um, there is some heat on uh, Dusty Roads because of Destination X on March 13th was way down in buys from previous shows. Um, At least I don't know if we have full numbers by now, but it doesn't matter. Um, So he goes on to say that because they do such huge replay business, the previous three shows probably topped 35,000 buys. But Destination X was probably closer to 25,000 with pay-per-view – the only real source of significant revenue coming in, the drop was a very big deal. Um, mm-hmm. So about 10,000 buys. Um, and kind of continuing on some pay-per-view stuff here. Uh, he says, a very interesting stat regarding TNA and pay-per-view. For the first three shows, numbers aren't available yet for the first, the fourth show. They, so once again, the, what we just said is what they're thinking. Um, so for the first three... They did about 20% of their original buys, or 6,000 and up, on the replay showing. That's considered an incredible number, considering WWE probably doesn't do much more than that on replay shows. The reasons are obvious. Uh, Part of it would be the internet feedback, because the first four shows were strong, particularly shows two and three. Also, TNA on their shows the Friday after the pay-per-view pushed the replays very hard. He says, since I don't know what percentage of the replay buys came before Friday and after Friday, you don't know which is more important. It will also be interesting to find out if the fourth show, which wasn't was wasn't good, did a similar number uh, of replay buys. And if it does, then you can rule out Internet feedback and chalk it up to the TV hype because they hyped that show coming out of it uh, just like the other ones. Now, if it's down in replay buys, it'd be because of the Internet feedback of the show wasn't up to snuff. Also, Destination X wasn't as bad as he's saying, but it was certainly one of the weaker of the monthly shows that we saw. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm sure we'll talk about that more in the future. Um, I have quite the update on Kevin Nash. It's kind of a long one, so uh, let's just kind of just do it. So, he, uh, Dave Meltzer notes, more notes on Kevin Nash. He suffered a staph infection in his shin after it was busted up in the match with the outlaw, which is not good. Uh, he also complained about being 0-5 on pay-per-view and 0-4 under Dusty, um, which Dave says, I can only count four matches, um, but he was on the losing end of all of them, uh, but was but was only pinned in those once by Jarrett. Uh, he then said that uh, Dustin was beaten uh, in the same period. He said Dustin was unbeaten, excuse me, 
And Dave does know that Dustin did lose once to Raven, uh, but ended up winning the feud. Uh, so people were very surprised to see him directly target Dusty Rhodes and his booking, uh, being behind the times in his Torch interview. Particularly since Dusty Rhodes has always publicly defended Nash when Nash is criticized. Uh, in fact, when some wrestlers were complaining about Nash and Hall making so much money and getting pushed ahead of the rest of the people who thought they had uh, built a company, Rhodes gave a speech saying that Nash and Hall drew the first big buy rates. Some of Nash's complaints are valid when it comes to Rhodes. Certainly the idea that none of the people involved in the match except probably Jeff Jarrett and DDP were aware that Brown was turning in the run-in at the last pay-per-view is valid as hell as swerving the boys on a live angle just leads to major distrust. Plus, in that specific situation, it was just stupid on every account. I think you and I both kind of agree with that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nash would probably already not be happy, uh, probably already not be happy, since his buddy Scott Hall was double-crossed live in the ring when they did the Abyss run-in after Dusty told everyone Abyss had left the company in a speech earlier that day. But from seeing the pattern, I expect more of that swerving the boys than less and more distrust and people in management never putting the two things together until after it's too late. It is really amazing how WCW was a was such a miserable failure and nobody in the business has figured out how and why. Nash teased in the interview that he didn't know if he'd be back and that he hinted that he wouldn't be on pay-per-view, but at the TV a week earlier, he was there. Now, I, I will say, I don't know exactly when this interview falls. So this could have been for that write-off when they did the attack backstage. Uh, or right before it. Uh, there was also uh, no heat on him from management for the interview. Instead, Rhodes was told at the meeting last week with Dixie Carter and Jerry Jarrett that the pickup truck has to go. Uh, <laughs> and that Tracy and Trinity could stay with him, but he... But he didn't want them dressing like Daisy Mays uh, from the farm. And instead, wanted them to be more modern and wear hip-hop wear. Because <laughs> um, uh, I was say, boy, are they looking at all the wrong problems to solve. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhodes is still the booker. But his power is way down. And he's being forced to do things he doesn't want. There was super heat on him regarding turning Brown. To the point that nobody respected him and thought that... Uh, Hold on, I just skipped the line. I'm sorry. Turn around to the point that it wouldn't shock anyone that Brown is turned back. So there wouldn't be surprised if this kind of flips backwards. Uh, he was also told no more Phi Delta Slam, as nobody respected them and thought Rhodes had given them a job be- uh, because for the past year they have been driving him around all town when he'd come in. Uh, and then it just ends and it says that Scott Hall is even in worse shape than you can imagine these days. Which seems very out of place for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, it seems over. But it literally says dot dot hall is even in worse shape than you can imagine. Um, I mean, there's some valid stuff here, but it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting how vocal Kevin Ash is like, "Yo, fuck Dusty Roads," <laughs> essentially. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, it does not appear that he will be at the pay-per-view, at least due to this injury angle. Now, we know how wrestling works. You take someone out, they could come in the last, like, ten minutes of the... It's That's how things happen. But, I don't know. Are we going to see the end of Kevin Ash here in TNA? Is this over? I mean, I'm so... How long has Dusty been the booker for? Like, three months? 
Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I think if I want to say officially since the beginning of the year. Well, because you got to think, Russo left at Victory Road. Mm-hmm. After Victory Road, we kind of had Dutch Mantel and Jeff Jarrett, and I think yeah. that kind of got us through the end of the year. So I do think it was kind of like the beginning of two thousand five. Okay, I mean, I. Like last week, you mentioned there's no steam on the on television in terms of like week to week angles, and I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I think so. Like we've enjoyed the shows, but there's nothing really going week to week where we're like, oh, what's going on? Although there was that one episode where Nash was opening the door, and we were like, oh, and then they did happen? nothing, and then yeah, nothing they, happened. Yeah, that sucked. But like that sort of thing had some level of uh, intrigue there. Um, yes, but that's few and far between. I mean, we did the one yeah. angle that one week where someone had to beat someone, and then it was like Daniels had to fight Saban the next week. They kind of did like a two-week little mini story thing. Right. Uh, he had to like earn the shot or whatever. Um, so they did like very few things like that. Uh, but yeah. And then the, the Monty Brown thing, turning him heel, is just one of one of the most head scratching booking decisions I think I've ever absolutely I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So, that was definitely a blunder. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I hope Kevin Ash is uh hey, I hope he's I hope he's at lockdown. He could he could easily turn back babyface, especially in the cage match. I mean Mountain Brown could just yes. turn on Jerry. Yes. Well, that's the perfect time to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, you could just do that. I think lockdown is uh, shaping up to be quite interesting. Uh, just even hearing all this stuff of like, who's going to be there? Who's going to turn? Who's is there going to be a different partner? Or is like so? It's just even that one match has a lot uh, involved in what could potentially happen. I think that lockdown could potentially be do or die for Dusty as a Booker. I think that's fair. Like what is he? What is he gonna do? What direction are we going in? I'm Back sad about the pickup the... truck. I know, man. What is he gonna have for an office? Like a regular? Yeah, that's room? a fucking office, bro. That's ridiculous. Maybe they're getting rid of the truck because of the harassment by Abyss. Maybe there has to be more oh, protection. Because they almost fell off, and they could have had a lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah, they could have. Wow, wow, wow. Um, I have one final note before we get going in this show. Um, and it's actually, I probably should have started even with this one because it relates to what we saw last week to a degree, but, um, there has been the realization internally that the three weeks between tapings is a bad idea. Mm. Wow. Wow. I wonder who would have thought that. Yeah. That's crazy. It's kind of crazy. Um, the belief is that the company loses momentum for the long breaks. The schedule is made out for the next few months when it comes to TVs. And it will be interesting when the new schedule is made out. Now, obviously, this is a cost-cutting measure, um, but the TV that we just saw for April 1st contained a ton of filler, like all the great videos that have been played a million times already. Uh, of course, they had the good X-Division four-way match, Skipper going over Michael Shane, Williams, and Saban that went 21 minutes and 30 seconds. Saban, who is one of the most underrated guys around, did a great job carry of carrying things. Uh, I think everyone was fine, but whatever. Yeah. Um, in the end, uh, he went for the spinning head scissors. Blah, blah, blah. We kind of already know what happened there. Um, 
Now, this was matched to determine Daniel's opponent for lockdown on April 24th. Now, the positive was putting the guys in a long match made the exit division feel important. But with all the time wasted on the show already, uh, they really needed to give all four of them promo time to say what the match meant. Which, actually, that would have been a good idea, is to have them all like do like a little video of them like talking about how important it was for them to win. Mm-hmm. Um, now, right now, Daniels and the announcers have to get the division over by themselves, except for the small percentage uh, that buy to see the great actual matches. Now, the other negative is that there was a video package earlier in the show of the X Division, which announced Daniels and Skipper for the pay-per-view before the match aired. And well, they did mention it. Yeah. So, and he even says, and this is why, uh, you know, maybe this is a bad idea, is how this happens on a show that is taped three weeks earlier <laughs> shows the level of attention paid in the final editing process. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no reason. There's no excuse for it. And I hate to say this, I think we could have even potentially opened with that X Division match, did the promo after like the Monty Brown interview or something. Mm-hmm. And I say that because the Abyss and Cassidy Riley, yes, is a squash match, but the way it ended, the post match confrontation mm-hmm. would have been a fine close to impact. Yeah. It makes me wonder maybe they wanted to do that and they just flipped it. Definitely could have. It was weird. Very weird. But it happened. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully that doesn't happen again. We are on the first of the three weeks tapings uh, for this next set. Um, and I'm hoping that this will be another solid episode of Impact. And like I said, I do have a few things to talk about during the show. I don't think there's anything groundbreaking. I'm just going to tell you right now. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I I forgot. Um, yeah, you probably did. I probably did. A couple indie stuff that you'll you'll mention eventually too uh, about um, some shows that happen. Um. Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's what right. I got. All right. Then let's get into the April eighth edition of TNA Impact. The approximate runtime is once again forty four minutes and nineteen seconds. If you want to watch along with us, head over to Impact Plus, or you can find it in your own personal collection. I'm going to count down from three, and that's when we're going to start watching the show. And hopefully nothing is spoiled right before the match happens, because that would suck. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. This is TNA. Hey, it's not playing out of my speakers this week. Um, so recently there's a setting on my VLC player that it looks like I cl- I didn't click it, but it looks like it was like, oh, I switched it to come out of my speaker. Maybe I could track the audio like that. Is that how I could do that? Oh, I don't know. Like, okay, Bob, so... Okay, right, I don't even know where it was. Okay, so... Uh, you guys want to hear what's going on in this highlight package? Let's track it. Wait, it's too quiet. Okay, it's way too quiet. Does that work, Bob? What? I'm tracking the audio. What do you mean you're tracking the audio? Can you hear it? I can hear on your side, yeah. 
I'm trying to, I'm doing like the, the Conrad thing. You guys want to hear the intro? I mean, I definitely hear it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that thing. So then I have to go back here and then I have to hit headphones again. And then I have to like adjust my volume again. Oh. Uh, oh no. Oh no. A major announcement from Dusty Rhodes. It's going to affect everyone at lockdown. Oh <laughs> boy. Oh baby. <laughs> here we go. Whatever could it be? I don't know. <laughs> no, I do got to say, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. Lockdown 2005 is one of my favorite TNA shows. Uh, we know. We remember that back uh, three years ago when we first started the show. Can't wait for Lockdown 2005. Here comes. Oh, it's turning off. I'm assuming match. Michael Shane. I say assuming because his name changes weekly, it seems like. Yeah. Okay. He's still Michael Shane. So, Bob, I have a note. Oh, boy. Okay. So, the deal with Michael Shane still using his name is this. Uh, as Chris Saban is coming out next. Um, it says that after the decision was to go with a ben- Matt Bentley, uh, his real name, after Michael Shane of the Shane Twins claimed that he had trademarked the name, Bob Ryder went to research it and found that it wouldn't hold up, so they are cleared to still call him Michael Shane. Interesting. So it looks like he's not Matt Bentley yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is so silly, dude. I was like ready. Uh, there's only one Indian. Well, for Chris Saban, there's two uh, matches that he did. Michael Shane wasn't busy over the weekend. On April 1st, Chris Saban lost to Chris Hero at Pro Wrestling Gri- uh, Pro Wrestling Gri- Gorilla All Star Weekend at Night One in Los Angeles, California. And then on the next night, April 2nd, also for PWG, Chris Saban teamed up with Frankie Kazarian in a losing effort against the PWG Tag Team Champions Arrogance which was Chris Bosch and Scott lost. Dude, I got to know about Pro Wrestling Gorilla too. Oh, man. Um, as Saban and Michael Shane are really just going with a nice fast pace here to start off this opening match. Um, my version is much shorter than yours, but also just references kind of what happened. Um, so that they ran those two shows in uh, Los Angeles over WrestleMania weekend loaded with top indie talent. First night drew a full house of 600 fans. Mm. Uh, including a, a bunch of people. Uh, but I don't care about that. We care about the highlight. It was said to be a four-and-a-half-star match with AJ Styles defeating Samoa Joe to set up Styles challenging the PWG champ Super Dragon on the second night. Um, and we, you're probably going to mention this too, but I'm reading it, so I'm just going to keep going. Uh, Christopher Daniels uh, ended up de- win, er, retaining the X Division title um, with wins over Alex Shelley and Chris Hero over the weekend. Hmm. And then it does actually mention, I didn't even notice it, um, the Chris Saban match you actually just mentioned, teaming with uh, Saban. Kazarian. Kazarian, sorry. Seems like a pretty fun weekend there as Michael Shane dumps Saban outside the ring. Apparently Carlito and Paul London were backstage at the show all dressed up, so they probably literally came straight from the Hall of Fame, it says. Like, went to PWG. Oh, that would make sense, yeah. You know, I didn't even think about it. I was going to say, that sounds like a pretty big car, but yeah, it's in L.A., so of course that mania crowd. Yep. They had James Gibson uh, going over American Dragon on the first night. Uh 
All sorts of stuff, dude. Sean Devari and Miley Halley were there from WWE. PWG, I think, really started getting their recognition in 2005. In the first two years, there was some good stuff, but it was pretty much... It was a little bit... Under the radar. Under, yeah, yeah. yeah. Saving a hammer away on Michael Shane. It's actually... Uh... I wasn't really going to start going to bring this up, but since I just mentioned uh, Gibson there, uh, Dave even makes a note that he's surprised that TNA or WWE hasn't signed either Roger Strong or Gibson yet at this point. Well, I mean, Gibson... Well, I'm trying to think when he was fired from WWE. Because obviously that's Jamie Noble. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Oh, I mean, you didn't know who Nikita Koloff was, so I didn't know if you knew Jamie. Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway. I already told you, the best of seven series is some of my favorite shit, man. Bullshit, you haven't even watched it. Um, no, but the... Uh, yeah, so he, I think he was fired in 2004 okay. for, for uh, performance-enhancing stuff. And uh, his run on the indies... For like that, for like a year, he's like he's like really good. So eventually, he does get re-signed by uh, by WWE. But Roderick Strong was a guy that I was like baffled had not been signed for years because he was a, a Ring of Honor guy for over a decade. Yeah, Roderick Strong's really good. I mean, I know he has a brief stint with. Uh, I mean, we've seen him in DNA. Very, very brief, yeah. Very, very briefly, but even Couple later matches. on, briefly, yeah. Does he come primarily back? Primarily for TNA. Yeah, does he? I, th- I think so. Hmm. Yeah, wait. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm not. I don't even care. It's been over 15 years. So, the, him and another gentleman are working both TNA and Ring of Honor, and then there's like a pay-per-view but there's like a snowstorm this is like early 06 okay and that's both, and okay. both guys like choose to work right around and they both get like kind of fired so like, wow. he is brought back okay. and like was gonna get a push but like decision to work with ring of iron still but yeah so he's primarily been like a ring of iron guy or is a ring of iron guy for over like a decade which blows my mind he finally gets a wwe deal he finally gets a deal, and then all his friends leave, and now he, I don't even know what he's doing. He's off television. He is? Oh, yeah. He has been on television, I think, since, like, August, they said. Holy shit. Let the guy yeah. go. That's what I would do. I mean, if, if you have nothing for him, and if, if they don't want to be there, just let them go. What is the point? Let him be with his wife and friends. Who's his wife? Is it Marina Shafir's wife? Oh, I have no idea. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she is. Holy shit, look at this cover by Saban. You got him. Oh, we got him on that. Wow. Nice. I have to confirm I was right about that. I'm pretty sure it is, though. Yeah, it is. Marina Shafir's his wife. All right, cool. Since 2018. Oh. Where does she work? She's in AEW. She is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like literally everybody. Oh, super kicker by Michael Jordan. Oh, wow. 
Is she is she good? Yeah, you, you can go ahead and watch uh, it. Figure out that for yourself. Okay, so that's a no. That's good. Uh, is yeah, she usually you... on dark or something? Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. That's all it takes. I'm like three or four episodes behind on dark, and I haven't decided if I'm actually going to watch it or not anymore. I think I might be done. Really? What about elevation? That's count. That's the same thing. That's what oh, I mean. Oh, you're concerned both? Yeah, yeah. Well, I hear they might have a, a third TV show on Saturday at night, 6.05. See, but the TV shows will be better than fucking Dark. Yeah. We're at ringside here. What if, here's an idea. What if these house rules shows are just samples to do a 6.05 Saturday show? Well, I did notice from pictures, um, they had like the dark banners. And I think they're still recording that stuff, so eventually on streaming services, they'll have them on. It's just like the one they did in Jacksonville. Like, that's that was recorded. There's footage. Right. Right. Oh, let's see. Dusty Rhodes has the announcement. Oh, he's coming out. We have a second. I, 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 think, I think WWE has technically like recorded everything they've ever done. Just not maybe like high production level. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, if you go to a live event, you see a production team and, like, cameras and shit. So right. So you have to be doing something. Right, Tracy and... D- what the fuck is that? It's a spinner belt. Oh, it's Dusty's, Dusty's head. face, yeah. Is this a hip-hop look for Tracy on the right there? Or? I think it might be. Okay, so Dusty's talking about the greatest matches in the history of TNA. He's going to revolutionize. Okay, Bob, I'm going to track it. Ready? I'm going to track it. I don't know how this sounds to everyone. We're testing. This is a test. I mean, I can hear it. Is it loud enough? I don't know. I'd have to actually listen to the podcast, I guess, to figure it out. This is just a test, guys. Okay, if this sucks, we're never doing it again. <gasps> lethal lockdown. Well, it's brutality. It's it's war games, right? It's war games. Oh shit! Okay, in case this sounds like shit, I'm gonna stop now because he's making some he's making some big announcements, and I want to make sure we're covering it. Winner of Abyss for Styles goes right to Hard Justice. After great consultation, after powers and meeting with different staff members, all the building, all the doors will be locked. Everything will be shut down. Women and children. You need to go hide somewhere. That's a fire hazard. Ready. Lock all the doors. Anyone with a pacemaker or a weakened heart, you better go hide somewhere. Okay. For the first time in the history of pay-per-view. Holy shit. All eight matches. 
are going to be inside of a cage. So what is funny? So he just, Dusty Rhodes has officially announced that every single match at lockdown will be a steel cage match. I don't know what that girl's doing. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, she seemed like she got turned on by the th- idea. Of- we also know that there's eight matches. <laughs> right. Yeah. He told us that. So the story is, is that he like pitched that as a joke. And then Dixie Carter was like, fucking love it. So they had to so end up doing it, but he was joking. He was like, why don't we just have every match in the gauge? And she was like, yeah, why don't we? So that's what kind of happened. Uh, that is really funny, actually. Uh, Chase Stevens looks like he's in singles action with Andy Douglas and uh, Chris Candida ringside. Um, now, if you're what at the time, I, I don't I don't know if I was watching. I don't know. But are you excited about this? Like, if uh, I'm not saying you watch it, but like, do you think people were like, oh, fuck, yeah. Or is it like that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard? Um, well, here's the thing. Unfortunately for me, I'm a sucker for a steel cage match. Right. So I think at the time when, what would AJ do? Is that what that was? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think at the time I was probably interested about it because, I mean, it hadn't been done before. I think. It's a quick way to kill a gimmick though. I'll tell you that. Well, what I'm going to say, yes. But what I would say is. I think it's okay if you don't do any other steel cage matches all year long. Right. Right. Now, yeah. is that going to happen? I don't know. Well, I know it was like, for instance, like 2010 TNA, right? There's the lethal that's lockdown. The, and then they do a lethal lockdown at Bound for Glory. That's an issue. Yeah, you, like, you shouldn't do that. I do. I'm just trying to take a guess. I don't know for sure. But I feel like they kind of do kind of stick to lockdown for a little bit. And like that's it. For cage matches? I feel like they do. But I don't know for I don't know for sure. We haven't had a cage match since what? Turning point? Uh, yeah. So we're already on a hot streak. We're in April. Yeah. Will we have another before the next lockdown i i don't know (laughs) so if they don't then i think you're right i think that's a good thing i know i would probably say until russo comes back spoiler spoiler um i think we're safe until that yeah 30 minutes prior to lockdown dude free warm-up show on your pay-per-view preview channel Mm. uh spoiler we'll probably not find that i keep trying it keeps not working Featuring matches and interviews. Yeah, I keep trying. I really wish we could, but... Uh, there's some indie notes here for Chase Stevens. Mm. Uh, for the USA Championship Wrestling out of Nashville, Tennessee. Which, uh, that promotion is heavily featured on the Brian Turner VHS Rehab. I haven't plugged that in a few episodes here. But uh, go check out Brian Turner's hey, VHS to be, to be fair, Bob, we might have, but uh, spoiler alert, we were off for three weeks. That's a good point. Um, so, yeah. so back on April 1st, Chase Stevens, he wrestled Eric Young to a no contest. And then on April 2nd, Chase Stevens defeated Eric Darkstorm for NWA Bluegrass in Paint, Paintsville, Kentucky. 
Um, let me see if AJ's got anything. AJ's usually pretty freaking busy. <laughs> Let's see here. Yeah, um, of course he's been busy. Why wouldn't he have been? Uh, well, as you mentioned, I'll just go from the, well, okay. Back on March 25th, he lost to, to David Young. That's a shocker. At NW Wildside Hardcore Hell Night 1. Wow. In Cornelia, Georgia, in a match that went 16 minutes and 55 seconds. Uh, and as you noted, on April 1st, he defeated Samoa Joe as uh, for number one contendership for PWG. And then the next night, he defeated Super Dragon to win the PWG title in 19 minutes and 34 seconds. Wow. I actually didn't know. That's a huge win. I know. I didn't know Styles was on the show or else I probably would have left off that part of my note that I said. But um, speaking of Styles here, though, are you done with your indie notes? Yeah, for this match. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, Styles wearing the red gear here. I love it. It's a, He's been wearing lots of blue, so the red right. is a nice change. Um, and I got to say, holy <sighs> shit, what a kick. This match with Chase Stevens right now is, like, pretty freaking good. I'm telling you, Chase Stevens as a singles guy is a lot of fun to watch. Dude, this is good shit. Styles going for cover. Andy Douglas distracting the ref. And then Chris Candido trying to sni- – nope, he dropped. Um, anyway. IWA has a big weekend coming up. Uh, it's their fifth annual Final Justice Tour uh, from April 14th to April 17th. And TNA is sending some talent there. Uh, we have listed here Jeff Jarrett, Abyss, Bobby Roode, P.D. Williams, Chris Harris, and James Storm. And you're wondering why, Dallas, did you say, speaking of AJ Styles, it's because I thought I saw his name and I did not. Well, you committed to it, and you had to stay with it. Had to keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Oh, Oh, Alabama Slam. Chase Stevens, one, two. Kick out by AJ. I can't believe how good this match is right now. The crowd is on fire. They love this. Speaking of, I do not have a crowd number for this taping. Sorry. Just didn't have it. I, I thought there was going to be something more energetic, but instead it was just, oh, I don't know. No, I don't know. him. Going for a powerbomb. No, roll through. Styles with a cover. Oh, and no. he picks him up. He's going to hit that Styles clash, it looks like. And there we go. And Boom. One, two, three. Academic. That was a that good was. match. Dude, I got to say. Tip of the cap to Chase Stevens on that one, folks. Fuck yeah. That's good shit. <laughs> Candido taking the shirt off to fan him with it. It's pretty funny. Pretty good. Um, Abyss. This. Oh shit! He's getting in the ring. He's got a steel chair. Styles has no idea. Oh, he's making noise <laughs> to try to get his attention. Oh, he got his attention. He turned around. Oh, they're holding him back, though. Very dramatic return from a commercial break here.
Look at the tag team titles. That's right. Our champions, America Knows One. It's sitting at the commentator's table. James Storm, Chris Harris. That's right. America Knows One. Friend of the show, Chris Harris. That's right. That's right. Familiar territory. So now Team Canada and AMW and Six Sides of Steel. That's right. Look, they're happy about it. Couldn't have any better news tonight. There's nowhere for them to run now, Tom West says for Team Canada. That's a really good point. <clears throat> David Young, Lex Levette coming out here. David Young, of course, has... Uh, Basically transformed his body into being a lot better condition. Uh, Lex Levette has been teaming with Buck Quartermain, so it looks like he switched it up on us. And unfortunately, Johnny Fairplay is still not managing him. Oh, that's true. Who's, who's, uh, who's this? Cassidy oh, Riley and Dustin, Dustin Rhodes. Rhodes. Oh, interesting. All right. It's always weird. Like, Cassidy Riley's like an enhancement guy, and then he's not an enhancement guy. Yeah. Well, and he also, like, started off as not one. Like, he was, like, an, a very um, regular person to appear. Oh, that's true, yeah. Because it was, like, the hot shots. How could you forget the hot shots? They were, they were, they were loaded, dude. Yo, they were packing some fucking heat. Fuck yeah, they were. Dustin and David Young starting us off here. And, Bob, I have some breaking news for you. Remember recently we talked about... Um, they were going to talk to Dwayne. Dwayne Johnson, they wanted The Rock to come in. Yeah. Well, Dave says he's pretty sure that there's been no contact between the two since the story about them talking broke. <laughs> I'm sure he hasn't answered the phone. What? Okay, if Kevin Ash is getting five grand, what do you? What? What can you offer The Rock? Like, oh, we uh, fifteen grand. I mean, you have to do something. Yeah, but like The Rock's not going to come in here for fifteen grand. You never know. Come on. Maybe he's bored. Shit. He wants to go to the studio. He's making millions on movies. So if he goes to WWE, it's like, oh, hey, we'll give you like 500 grand for a 20 minute match. He ain't going to TNA for 15 grand. Okay? Not happening. He's not going there for 20, and he's not going there for 30. <laughs> he's not going there for 40, and he ain't going there for 50. And I could keep on going and going and going. He was open up. He was open to discussions. Bullshit. Yeah, open. The Rock would treat that meeting like it was a stand-up comedy show i can see jeff dream about rock oh rock we can offer you twenty thousand dollars to lose yeah. to me at bound for glory and then he'd be like oh wow that's a great joke jared's, tra jared's trying to figure out who he can beat yeah um david young just swept the feet of cassidy riley when he was going for alliance halt which scared me because i thought he was going to end up going for it still and like breaking his neck Tornado DDT by Riley. Spiked them. Spiked Levette there. Still waiting for that Levette push with uh, Father's, Father James Mitchell. It's not going to happen, dude. It's not going to happen. Well, he's got to be 
He's got to be being used for some purpose, right? You would think. That's right. We have the U.S. backing us. Roll through. Oh, Riley. That's it. Yeah. Good win for Riley. Yeah. Oh, we're going to hear from the NWA World Champion up next. And today's in the ring. You know, we're going to get some damn you, Mike, today. You shut your mouth, Mike, tonight. I want Jared to be mad about the announcement, even though he was already going to be in a cage match. (laughs) Uh, That'd be good. (laughs) <laughs> Tonight, what's this garbage about me being inside a cage? Uh, you were already announced to be in a cage. You already booked well, it. Well, damn it, tonight. I don't care about what I'm booked and what I'm not booked. Jared wearing bright pink today, a little different for the King of the Mountain. It's a good look for him. It matches that gold really nice. It's my world. It's my world. Well, the pyro and the guitar went off right there. That was funny. During during his entrance. I do like that pink on Jeff. No, it's not bad. Oh, we just had to bump into tonight. <laughs> My world. April 24th is the date. The lockdown pay-per-view event. It would be funny if Cindy mentions the cage and then Jeff be like, what are you talking about? Lethal lockdown match. Weapons will be involved. Bring whatever you want. Why is Tanae backing Jeff Jarrett up in the corner? There's going to be nowhere to hide and run at lockdown. Mike Tanae. Why is it every time I come out here, you're blowing wind about dusty roads? After all the hell I've been put through, who is still the king of the mountain? You hate to admit that, but today goes, yeah, you're right. You're right. Just want to look at him. <laughs> today, you're a know-it-all.
Well, the great sports dynasties can't hold a candle to him. Is Monty Brown going to be mad because he said the Patriots? Oof. And he, I mean, he did call him a B-plus ball player or something like that. In a minor leaguer. In a minor leaguer, yeah. In a minor league baseball player. I, I could care less. I couldn't care less. Not, I could care less. Because then you care. Maybe he does care. You just said last week, Kevin Nash, but unfortunately, this was two weeks ago. Well, the taping schedule. That was three weeks ago. <laughs> it's, that, it's that Tennessee schedule, okay? Right. Like, oh, you hurt my feelings last month. And you could be like, that was six months ago. But Boom, the, 30 minutes, Tennessee. Bob. Bob, we've just crossed the 30-minute mark. Can you believe this? Uh, Show's flying. So, boys... Well, this is flying more so compared to the last week, which was full of video packages. A fair global warning. Mm. I'm going to bring a force of my wrestling power to you globally. Tonight, Jesus. He's gonna fire the second shot. I don't know one thing, and it will be violent. So he's gonna fire the first shot, and it's gonna be violent. And this is towards who? I I think it's to uh, like DDP and. Is it like all like DDP Dusty? That's what I'm thinking. Knash, Waltman, yeah. Knash. My guess. Oh, here's DDP. Hold on. He's going right after him. Uh, my guess is, like we talked about last week, I think it might be BG James. It's got to be BG or Conan. Conan would be super interesting. Well, you would think just because of the interactions they've had. Mm-hmm. DDP stomping a mud hole in Jarrett in the corner here. Who's also wearing white pants, by the way. I respect it. Here comes the outlaw. Well, he gets tossed out of the ring immediately. He tries to go after DDP, but nah, he ran. Nah, he ain't gonna get him. Sell by five. Bang. Bang. Elix Skippers. He's talking to some guy. He goes, let's go out after the show. Oh, Daniels. Go rewind the tape quick. I got to talk to him. Daniels tells him. That's the cage they're probably using. Mm -hmm. You sure you want that match? I'm the better part of Triple X, so you sure? Carmine's like, yeah, I'm sure. It's not just an X Division title match, bro. Oh. Because you did the hurricane run off the top, but you were the one who lost. 
shit. He's talking a lot of shit. More experienced and smarter than you. He's talking a lot of baloney right now. Skipper just hits on, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the chance. I'm just gonna do it. We can't stuff up the show. There's no referee. So why would I want to beat you back here where no one can see? I'll wait till lockdown and be in front of the world. The world being twenty thousand households. Right. Sounds like Kid Cash is coming out next. There's that girl again. Uh, Kid Cash with Lance Hoyt. Every match in a cage. (laughs) Aren't you glad you used Dial? Don't you wish Kid Cash did? (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) He took his time. (laughs) Looks like Apollo is his opponent. Oh, just received a note. Shocker. Kid Cash, Chris Sabin, and Michael Shane. X Division escape match. You win by escaping. The last person in is the loser. Okay. Bob, you just missed quite the announcement. Oh, what did I miss? At lockdown, we will be having an X Division. There was going to be a shootout match again, but now it's an X Division escape match. It's, oh, it's going to be Shocker, Kid Cash, Chris Sabin, and Michael Shane. And the whole point is you have to climb out. And I think they said the last one left is the, like, you lose. You just lose. What? I was talking, so it was kind of hard to hear fully. So how do you understand? So the first person who leaves wins? I, and think, it's like, I think it's like a rankings bullshit. A ranking system? Okay. Yeah, and Kid Cash is standing up to Apollo right now. I'm not looking too big because, you know, he's not going for a gorilla press. Tables match. Jeff Hardy versus Raven. Well, we're getting big announcements at the bottom of the screen. Apollo versus Lance Hoyt. Here we go. X Division Escape. Shocker, Cash, Saban, Michael Shane. Whoa. Okay. Well, we can't so, really have a tables match now. Inside of a cage. Inside of a cage. <laughs> yeah, baby. Um, hopefully the escape isn't like super narrow and then you can't get out. True. Um, I have one. I have one final note that I'm sick of holding on to. Uh, unfortunately, I have bad news, and that's that Hector Melendez. You might know him as Moody Jack, uh, who did the Spanish announcing as well as worked in production, uh, helping produce the show. Well, he left. He left after the last tapings and said his goodbyes. Now I don't know if that's last week or the taping we're watching now, but uh, he said he was going back to Puerto Rico more because he was actually homesick. And he had some girlfriend issues, as opposed to it being wrestling-related. 
But whatever happened worked itself out because, well, he was back this week. Hmm. So that's good. So he left and I guess he came back. You just never know what's getting. That's why they call him Moody Jack, if you know what I'm saying. As Apollo is laying the punches in here on Lance Hoyt. And here comes the master of the Hurricane Rana with a huge one from inside of the ring. Oh, smash mouth. Yeah. Hey, now you're a rock star. Fucking whip him against the face. We have under four and a half minutes left of this match. Bob, just just so you, uh, I'm going to make a prediction because I I know some of the future because I can tell the future. The X Division escape match is about to be pretty interesting. Pretty, pretty interesting. I think it's going to change. You think the escape match is going to change? Yeah, we're going to talk about it soon. Maybe. I don't understand what you mean it's going to change. Maybe in a week, maybe in two weeks. I think some things about it is going to change. For an escape match. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Tune in next week to find what? out more. I'm not telling you off air either. You have to wait. One, two, cover. You can bring anything you want into the Lethal Lockdown match. Can you believe, can you believe that? Now, unfortunately, we're not seeing like my favorite version of the Lethal Lockdown match yet. I don't think we. I think we have a little bit of time before that happens. But I like Lethal Lockdown when the top comes down. Spoiler alert. Oh, when does that start? I think it's only a couple of years. I don't think we have to wait too long. That's not. Is that in the Impact Zone? They do that. That I don't know. I don't. I, don't, know I didn't think it was. I thought it was when they start traveling. It might be. <clears throat> I like that though, because the weapons are all hanging on the top, and then it yeah. just comes down. Like that's wicked cool. Crowd's booing Kid Cash. Those kids are pissed. Towel guy, front and center as always. Dude's got the best seat in the house. Is this match really about to go to a time limit? I hope not. You talk to fucking Larry Zabisco. The Fox Box. Under two minutes. Irish whip, ducks to close end, Cash comes back. Oh, spears the knee out from under Apollo. In case anybody's wondering, there weren't any indie nodes for either one of these guys, by the way. That's a bunch of bullshit. Well, tell that to the what people the fuck? looking. Dusty's magically sitting at the announce table, and Tanae goes, that was pretty historic announcement. That was pretty big. <laughs> And it's not like he just got there. He looks pretty comfortable. <laughs> I know. He does. <laughs> Was he just sitting there in silence for eight minutes? <laughs> oh, look at that springboard moonsault by Cash. But Apollo caught him. 100%. He's flopping like a fish. He's doing a Devon Dudley. 
Eight cage That's... matches. Okay, we're under a minute. Yeah. When you get under a minute, you're usually screwed. Here we go. Springboard Hurricane Rana by Cash. Freaking beautiful, nice. dude. That's why they call him the master of the Hurricane Rana. Off the rope. Tornado DDT. Oh, Apollo countered. Where are the bird situation? 30 second mark. Yeah, dude. It's a bunch of bullshit. That's why Dusty came out. Oh, because he's got... Oh, he almost landed on his feet. Yeah, because he's got to judge it, right? Yeah. Or is that Sabisco? Well, it usually is, but if Dusty's already out there, it's going to be Dusty. Oh, it was about to be three, but Hoyt pulled the referee out. Oh, what the fuck? Disqualification. Three seconds left. And they yeah. Him. What the fuck, man? Oh, Siaki's in the ring, too. Damn, Apollo. Beat up Lance Hoyt. Well, these two are fighting at lockdown, so Siaki going after Kid Cash. They should have put a Sonny Siaki in the ex-escape match then with Cash. What? Is Cash is in the escape match? Yeah, it's Cash, Shocker, Chris Sabin, and Michael Shane. Oh. He kicked him right where he eats. Oh, my God, Apollo. Holy shit. He just threw the chair at Lance Hoy, and it nearly bounced in the crowd. I don't know if you saw that, Bob. But those I did. Were... It almost hit, like, three little kids. Cash got a chair to the face now. You could feel it in the impact zone. Sonny Saki is going crazy right now. The fans just hand him that chair again. We're fighting up the ramp. This is quite the beatdown to end the show here. Cash and Lance Hoyt are like backing down from Siaki and Apollo. Let's lock it down, baby. That's what's going to keep happening, Bob, the next two shows. Is they're going to brawl everywhere and Dusty's going to be like, we got to lock it down. Lock it down. But guess what? If you lock it down, they can just only brawl in the arena. So you're not really solving anything. Wait. Wait. Something is going on in the back. Do we have a camera? Oh, my God. It's Kevin Nash. And he's Chris Candido. Out of Chris Candido. Oh, and the Naturals. He's trying to get into the building, but guess what? It's locked down. It's locked down. <laughs> I love. All right, so Kevin Ash and Candido for the pay per view. That's going to be in a cage. No, Kevin Ash is supposed to be in the lethal lockdown. Oh right, yeah. Right. Okay, we went off the air. Uh, Bob, what do you think of that one? I liked it. I thought that was a good show. That was a good episode. Yeah. Um, matches were really good, and uh, we got some fun announcements. Every match in a cage. So I mean. In theory, it sounds like a good idea, but then, I mean, you're probably going to blow through the same spots over and over again. Oh, that's a really good point. I didn't really think about that. So, you really got to choose your... Yeah. Choose it there. Um, a tables match inside of a cage is interesting. So, I mean, the tables has probably has to be in the ring already. Um, I would assume, yeah. I would have to think, yeah. 
I'm excited for that one in particular. <laughs> yeah, um, I, mean, I don't think it's going to be a like a bad show, but right. It's certainly going to be an interesting one. Uh, I can't freaking wait for lockdown, man. Uh, we got two more weeks, though, before we even get there. And, of course, as normal, we know nothing. Um, I mean, coming off of this one, there's some exciting stuff. We got a lot of brawls and um, the big announcement. Every cage. X Division Escape. Every match. What's going to happen? We have a lot. We're going to have so much to talk about in coming weeks, man. Um, it's going to be a lot leading up to lockdown. And I think there's a... There'll be a lot to talk about after. Some unfortunate stuff. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's about to be happening in these next few months here in TNA. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking for. I'm always looking forward to pay-per-view days. Oh, me too. For TNA. So. And hey, we'll find out if my, uh, my tracking it audio sounds like shit or not. Yeah. Because if that was a little trick and it works, that might be kind of fun sometimes. We'll see. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we have a good show. We have now just two weeks before lockdown. Um, but we still have questions. Is Kevin Nash going to be there? He looks fine now. So I'm he looks saying, fine now. I'm saying he's going to be there. I think it's official. I hope for his sake that he will be. Me too. So. But. All right. Well, we still uh, we still have a couple weeks here to see just what is going to shape up for lockdown and uh, what Dusty's creative has in store for us. And I guess the only way to continue that is if we wrap up this episode. So That's until right. next week, for Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Collin Jr., and this has been the TNA Cross Line Podcast. <laughs>